for your brand not just putting anything out there but making sure that that content is on brand and engaging with the audience in the right way i've got a spotlight guest on the show called mark howells he has his own marketing agency i'm going to chat to mark about some of the do's and the don'ts when it comes to producing the right content for your brand so join me as i speak to mark on this episode of divided by brand Welcome to Divided by Brand, the podcast aimed at entrepreneurs, business owners, and influencers. If you want to learn from industry experts and you want to listen to advice about how to feel more confident with your brand, then this is the show for you. Join me as I interview inspirational individuals at different stages in their business journey. My name is Dan Ocock, I'm your host, and I'm a brand identity specialist with over 20 years experience. If you're interested to know if your own brand has all of the key ingredients to attract higher value clients, I've created a scorecard that'll help you do just that. It'll uncover if you're able to attract the right value clients, and if your brand matches your ambition. The scorecard can be found by clicking the links button in the player. Yeah, the player that you're listening on. Just click the links button and you'll get redirected straight to my scorecard. It's very quick. It's incredibly simple to use. But most of all, it should deliver you some value straight to your inbox with your own customized report, which will have marked you across six core areas of branding. And I know you'll agree that is quite long enough for a podcast intro. Should we just start the show now? Welcome to the show, Mark. It's absolutely fantastic to get you on the show. And um, I'm going to start off by saying hi and and really just sort of say to you how things are and and welcome aboard, really. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to to talk with you about the topic today. Good stuff. Um, What I was about to say is I usually like to open a nice little icebreaker type of of, um, question is to get guests to give me three wins from the last couple of weeks three things that you've been working on whether it's could be business related it could be a, a personal win i just like to sort of see what everyone's been up to so th- give me three wins mark yeah sure um let's say uh three three wins uh two business ones um i would say are you know as part of the content marketing that we do with Uh, with our clients, uh, a big part of that is, uh, you know, following the metrics and and looking at reporting and and setting up dashboards and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, as I'm sure you and and probably your listeners know, content marketing is sometimes a a longer game, if you will. Um, And we had just a a big win recently with a client where uh, in the first three months that we've really been focused in on their their content and we've seen, uh, you know, significant 
uh, shifts in the metrics and in the results and everything. Um, so that was was just pleasant to see when uh, you know people go into content marketing thinking uh, it's always the long term game, which it is, but it's it's always nice to have those those shorter wins. So you've had a good uh, client win then of late. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Spot um, on. Uh, second one, I would say personal side is just reading more. Uh, I, I finally uh, got Kindle Unlimited and have been diving in and trying to read more and, and learn more about nice. diverse topics. So that's a, a good win on my side. Um, and I would say lastly is uh, we have uh, you know focused on content marketing, but uh, recently have shifted even more um, you know niche driven, focus driven uh, on working with uh, professional services companies and um, using this idea of attention arbitrage, which uh, hopefully we'll get into more um, during the uh, today. But uh, really excited about it. Just something it's it's nice to have kind of an idea at the core of what you do, mm. as opposed to just. Uh, you know, strategies and tactics, which are of course important, but it's it's the why uh, is is really an important thing to to have. So that was a a big win of kind of pulling that into the into the mix. That's a stack of wins. They're good. <laughs> I like it, and it's it kind of sets the scene. Um, it's always good to hear. I get such a mix of different reactions. Some people, you know, they pick a personal win, and some people just. They're that involved in the business, they just go for the business wind, which which is great. But no, it sounds like you've been busy, and it sounds like um, certainly where we're going to go with this interview could be a ton of stuff. If you if you've got your head in a book, then um, or, or three, then I'm sure we're going to be able to pull out some stuff. Because um, of course you're you've got your own agency, Mark. You're kind of a marketer by trade is probably the best label to pin on you. But you've got tons of experience i mean we're talking 15 years plus i'm um, doing what you do i'm quite keen to um ease you into the interview and, and give people a snapshot or, or a little introduction to i think how you've arrived where you are now is as best you can 15 years in and kind of where it started and how you've arrived to where you are now if that's all right yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I, yeah, 15 plus years ago, um, actually got, I'll say back into the marketing game. Uh, I did it, you know, was in school. Uh, that was my focus, my major, et cetera. Um, and got into financial software training of all things. Uh, and then, uh, when the, the training world didn't pan out, really took a look at things and said, you know, what do I love to do? And it was marketing. Um, so at that point I got, uh, into an accounting firm, um, and worked my way up there to their director of marketing. Um, and so just a lot of experience there. Um, it was a, you know, a smaller firm. So that jack of all trades idea, uh, which, uh, these days, a lot of times marketers are uh, more, uh, specified, but, you know, 10 plus years ago, uh, the jack of all trades was, was the thing. Um, so I learned so many, uh, aspects of marketing from, you know, SEO side to content to advertising, et cetera. Mm. Uh, and then shifted from really B2B over to B2C. Uh, my family and I actually moved out to Boulder, Colorado, 
and um, really wanted to fully immerse in the the Boulder uh, lifestyle. And so I got into a cycling apparel company, and uh, that was quite different, obviously, from a you know thought leadership driven accounting uh, firm over to just we're selling cycling apparel um, and, yeah, and learning. Man. You know everything about that, and and more of that e-commerce setup, and and uh, yeah, tons of experience there, though. And then I uh, wanted to really do it on my own. Um, saw you know that that I could or b- believed that I could you know do that, and and wanted to get more into the strategy side of things uh, because a lot of what I was doing was strategy, but also tactical, of course, for those two companies, um, and really uh, got the the uh, opportunity to shift over into a consulting role. Um, I consulted with some of you know large enterprise companies uh, that I, I can't name, but you know some large home uh, based brands and, and everything like that. And it was again, just wonderful experience diving into um, more of the brand side uh, related to what you do, um, as well as just overall strategy uh, and everything and, and found a love uh, for strategy, hence now being the, the chief strategist at Dakota Ridge. Um, just love talking with business owners and, and diving into you know their needs and their challenges and the solutions that we can come up with. And so that turned into uh, Dakota Ridge, uh, where we work on both strategy and execution now uh, with, as I said, for, for professional services companies. It's good. It's really interesting to hear that journey. And when you say that word strategy, um, I do feel that that's a word that as you, as a business owner, but when you be, when you're in it, when you have a specialism in a, in a skill set like marketing or design or brand, the strategic part of that skill set becomes the most rewarding part as you get further, I guess, into or embedded into, um, that world um for me that being able to really you know sit down with a client and and pick their brains discover uncover whatever the words you want to use the right way for them to engage produce um and and kind of exist as a business is is really rewarding is that something that you would agree with? Have you found that part really rewarding as you've got more into it? Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I I see it as fun. I don't know how many business owners, and and I know a lot of our clients don't see it as fun uh, because they see it as you know these challenges that they're up against, and how are we going to do this? How are we going to get from A to B? Uh, but I've always been the type of person who loves puzzles, mm-hmm. and it's it's to me that same you know in that same vein. Uh, of, okay, this is where we're at. Um, You also need to be able to kind of see all of the pieces of the puzzle from a a step back from a bigger picture. Um, And so when we do like discovery sessions with businesses and you kind of dive in, as you just said, uh, to, you know, understanding what they're doing, their industry, you know, where they're going, all the challenges they're up against uh, and seeing the bigger picture and then being able to kind of move those puzzle pieces around and say, okay, what what if we do this? What if we pull this and this together and, and let's get from, you know, A to B and, and come up with some ideas around solutions uh, for the, those challenges that you're up against. And that, yeah, that definitely gets me going. It's it's just fun to, to do that. 
I, I find it rewarding because all of a sudden you've got it's this point and people say it when you when you were able to really help that client and get inside their mind because they don't you talk about being able to come at it for the fresh set of eyes and look at it from the outside in that's really important um, yeah. especially with brand as well and this I think it is a my it's I don't know if it is my mindset but I like to be able to um, document and set everything out so that I can um, I think evidence what I'm working on so that the client understands it you know in the right way mm. rather than just you know, go straight in there with what you know you think it's really right. important to take that time and understand but that there's part of me that whatever design that I'm working on I have to be able to evidence it or have a reason for it you know why is it blue you know I've got to have a reason for it and I think that I don't know if that's if you find the same with marketing and the content side do you, have, do you like to evidence stuff is that where that rewarding part comes in for you yeah, so we do. I feel like it's a little different just because, you know, on the brand side and what you do is a little more kind of uh, esoteric and, and I don't want to say theoretical in nature, um, where, you know, content side, it does come into play with brand, as we'll talk about. Um, but it's a little more steadfast, I feel like, um, because, you know, uh, for example, like a blog, you know, well, these are the pieces, this is what we know works. Um, it's, there's not as much evidence needed, I'll say, because uh, our experience kind of showcases that. So I guess that's the evidence in and of itself, um, as opposed to why is this blue? Uh, and then there's, you know, it's kind of a, a an open-ended topic that you then through the evidence hone in and say, okay, these are the actual reasons why it's blue mm. uh, versus, you know, a blog, it has this cadence, it has these pieces. Uh, to me, it's again, a little more steadfast. So slight, slight difference there, I think. Yeah. I, yeah, definitely. And, and, and I think as a designer, you're always walking that line of mm-hmm. artistic license is probably the best word sometimes <laughs> but no I, it it becomes for me I have to be able to, to say to you know to someone why because I, mm-hmm. I feel like that's that question's always going to come well why have you picked that color right. um, and so that strategy work that you put in first and that time to take to to make sure that you you've got that answer when you need it just makes me feel all the more confident when I'm presenting work but also when that client goes out with their product their service um, and their new brand or their new content strategy means they can evidence it as well you know there's a yep. reason that they can then say to their um, their board of directors you know we actually did think this through so right. yeah yeah we do go back to that honestly all the time uh, the strategy side of things um, so where there may not be kind of evidence on the tactical content marketing piece um, the bigger picture is obviously what the strategy is. It's that, you know, uh, thought process put into time, put into research, put into uh, why we're doing what we're doing and, and where we're going. Um, and both we use that internally as well as, you know, provide that, of course, to, uh, to go back to over and over again. 
Absolutely. I think it's also worth pointing out on um, for listeners as well, Mark, that you and I, we have worked on a couple of projects. So this episode, I've just realised that we probably sound like we're like old friends in a way or quite <laughs> familiar, but we, you know, we've worked on a few projects, so we kind of know how each other um, goes about things, you know, to a certain extent. So I just thought I'd put that one in there. Yeah. Um, Pulling it back to a little bit more, I'm quite keen to get into some of the, you know, reasons why we we wanted to set up this episode and why I wanted to get you on the show was to talk quite succinctly around the the, the content side of things when it comes to marketing, but linking both the content to brand as well. And um, I think that, I, I, I mean, where do you start with it all? It's not really, I mean, I've worked with you, but it's not something that I just didn't know where, if someone said to me, okay, I, I need to look at my content, I need to get, it's just not working, I don't know where, what I'm producing, how I'm going to produce it, who I'm producing it for. Help me, Mark. Help me, Obi-Wan. <laughs> I don't know what to do. What do they do? Well, Luke, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, on the brand side, if we're just aligning it with that, um, you know, brand guidelines and, and strategy around brand is, is such an important uh, piece of the puzzle for for just, again, specifically brand, um, just because um, there's so many elements that go into content and there's, you know, the, the actual, again, strategy and tactics of that side, but the the why and you know the the mission and the values of the company and the the imagery and the colors and the personality and the voice all of that actually needs to feed into content and i think that's where so many companies are are missing out um and you know there's uh so much data behind it of you know for example 95 percent of purchase decisions are subconscious that's amazing when you think about that 95%. So that speaks to, you know, branding to psychographics, all of these, um, you know, subliminal, if you will, or subconscious aspects that go into your content. So, you know, we run into so many companies that they're writing content and, you know, there's other issues like how often they're doing it and is it valuable and everything like that. But the brand pieces, are just not there and it's because they haven't done the work behind it they haven't put together the brand guidelines and they're not checking against the brand guidelines if they have put it together um and that's from my perspective every company i've i've kind of worked in as as well as or when i first got there as well as clients that seems to be a consistent issue across the board especially for small businesses and medium-sized businesses i think you're right and at the moment there's a real habit, a bad habit with brand and content that I see, which it, brand always falls down the pecking order. Um, <laughs> I like to see it addressed early on. And when I, you know, when I say to people, you know, have you looked at your brand and what do you have? Some, you know, some people get it and some people are kind of shrug it off. Right. Brand, yeah, I don't need that. Um, <laughs> But I find that if you've sat down and at least, it doesn't have to be complicated, but taking the bare minimum of what you need to consider in order to market or produce content 
in terms of your brand, just in its in its real basic forms. I'll give you some examples. For me, and you, I mean, you might come across this as well. I'm shocked at how many people have not taken the time to produce a really simple customer avatar. You know, mm-hmm. a profile of who you're selling to. Do you find people that have not done that? Uh, that seems to be the majority, unfortunately. It's crazy. Uh, it is. <laughs> I mean, from our perspectives, I guess. But yeah, it's absolutely crazy. Um, we, with every you know client, we work through target audiences and, and personas and, like I said, psychographics. And it's so important because... You know, we're all people, we're all humans, and and we just work with B2B companies. And and so it's even more rampant in that area is they're saying, well, we're, you know, we're not dealing with uh, selling T-shirts, you know, to go B2C side of things. We're not dealing with selling makeup or something like that where, you know, it's it's emotional. But guess what? We're all human. And, and back to that 95% of purchase decisions are subconscious. It's because we are all human. We are all emotional. We all are, you know, um, stuck in psychology, if you will. Uh, and all of that stuff matters. And um, so many companies uh, have not thought through and, and a majority say, oh yeah, we know who we're selling to, we're good. Um, and, and if you kind of question them on that, uh, there's a very limited idea of really who they're selling to, you know, what is resonating with them? What, you know, what are the, the messages that will resonate with them and the imagery and, and everything like that? Uh, yeah. They just haven't done the work and, and therefore it showcases, it shows in their marketing that they're not connecting at all. And they wonder why they're not scaling and why, you know, they're putting out content and it's not engaging and everything like that. They just haven't done the work behind it. And more often than not, they will um, approach someone like yourself to do some marketing um, and not have any of that documented and just come back with an answer along the lines of, well, you know, can you just produce the content? Can you just yeah. like, can you just do something for us? And all that happens in that instance is you're scrabbling around in the dark because you don't know how they want to talk about themselves. Um, you know, who they want to be engaging with. And when you're, what you then see in the marketplace is it is copycat stuff. This is not mm-hmm. an example um, of what you do, but voices that all sound the same because nobody has taken that time to, to delve into from a brand perspective um, the personality of that brand. I'm kind of going down the brand little rabbit hole there but um it should feed into where we're going here because with when it comes to to producing content and i'm talking about writing blogs like you just said um it could be producing you know adverts for social media it could be recording some video anything anything that is visual content written content audio content should be considered from a brand perspective and should have the personality that it needs to reflect of your brand. Um, You know, there's workshops that I do specifically around that to help people uncover what the personality and the tone is of that brand. And, you know, it's really easy, fundamental stuff that helps, you know, people get that as a business owner and, and the best ways to go about it. Is that 
the stuff that you need as a, mar- a content marketer to do the best job? A hundred percent. We actually will not work with a company if they say, hey, just go and do social media, just go and put out, you know, video content uh, without that branding, without the, the strategies uh, first. We just won't do it. Uh, because for that exact reason, unfortunately, marketing in general has pretty much, digital marketing at least, has pretty much become kind of commoditized. Uh, you can get it from anywhere. You can, you know, go on uh, Upwork, Fiverr, et cetera, not to, to belittle those you know, platforms, but you can get cheap marketing these days. Um, but as hopefully everyone knows, you know, um, you pay for what you get. And uh, it really comes down to, yes, they can put together some Facebook ads for you, for example, but you're not gonna get the, you know, the results, the scalability, the impressions, the return on ad spend, et cetera, just in relation to that channel Mm. that you could get when you think about the the strategy and, and what goes into it and the branding and all of that. It's just night and day. Um, the data backs it up 100%, and and it's just hard at times to uh, you know counter the commoditized market out there. Sometimes uh, when businesses are used to that, and when businesses are small and they're looking at their you know the the uh, amount of money they have to spend, etc. But it it really is uh, you know pays to I'll say invest in your business in multiple ways, including putting together strategy and branding. Yeah, absolutely. And it makes it makes your life easier. It should make the it should make your client's life easier. So any listeners out there who are who are a small business owner, um, a large corporate, I would expect large corporates to invest it in brand. But if they haven't, I mean any business that's taken that time just to document some simple brand strategy foundation things like uh customer avatar tone of voice um it it means that when you're working with these external experts um that your job and their job becomes 10 times easier it it just just, it's a no-brainer yeah no it really does and we uh you know when we're developing topics even um, as part of our content strategy. So, you know, we use a a content strategy we develop and a content master and everything to say, okay, these are the the topics that we're gonna either write about, you know, put video content out there about social media, white papers, whatever it may be. Um, The way that we build that out is by looking at, you know, the personas and saying, okay, what questions are they asking? What challenges are they up against? All these different features. Uh, And when we first get there with new client engagements, so many times you just see the owner of that business or the executives or the partners saying, oh, we know, we know exactly what they need. you know, you don't, <laughs> and I'm sorry to say it, but uh, you don't. Um, yes, you've been working in the industry for a long time, and I'm sure there's a good idea, but that needs to be combined with, you know, with the personas and with um, with all the, you know, the brand work um, in order to, to actually put out content that does resonate and does get the results that you're looking for. So who's a fairly typical business um person to land on on your doorstep seeking help um have you got who's your own avatar like in terms of uh, an ideal client 
Yeah. So we, you know, we've obviously, of course, uh, built out, you know, the firmographics and demographics and all that good stuff. Um, normally in the professional services realm, uh, it's accounting firms, it's IT, MSP uh, firms, staffing agencies, uh, architectural, um, et cetera. And uh, really what we see with this is, you know, they... They've been putting out content, but it's not working. They, a lot of times people or companies can't keep up with the cadence of content needed uh, these days, um, combined with the the value uh, needed. And, and of course, on the executive and, and partners side of things, uh, the thought leadership. So of course, with professional services, the whole idea is to showcase knowledge and thought leadership. And, you know, they're just not resonating. They're just kind of saying the same things uh, that all their competitors are saying, that everyone else is saying. Um, so what we really try to do is align uh, those personas, align the target audience and what they're interested in looking for with what is of interest to the partners, to the executives, to the company, to kind of pull together some sort of purple cow, if anyone uh, you knows Seth Godin, uh, to, to kind of differentiate and resonate with the, uh, with the market. It's impressive. A lot of a lot of big words there, Mark. For, <laughs> <laughs> and now I find it fascinating um, whenever I, I, I get another expert in their field on, um, because to you, sometimes I'm in danger of doing this as well, and I always forget when I'm doing a podcast, I've got to stop myself and go, look, do we think we're sounding too, um, too complicated for folk here? Um, or do you expect... Do you expect the clients to understand more? Because often, you, I think as a designer, especially, you can be guilty of talking the talk mm-hmm. and not just being on that that more normal level of um, explaining things. Yeah. Um, a good way, honestly, and, and I totally get where you're going. I actually was listening to a, a podcast this morning that it was talking about communication and how people should no longer use jargon or acronyms. Mm. Um, Just because there's so much miscommunication that occurs when you're using jargon and acronyms. And and, uh, the story was about, um, uh, she was talking to a a colleague, or I think it was a a client, and um, um, I'm of course gonna forget the exact acronym, but they were, they were going down this whole path of setting everything up in their strategy. And they were talking about two totally different things with the same acronym <laughs> yeah. and, and they just you know, weren't on the same page. And so to your point, you know, jargon and kind of you're, you know, an expert in your branding realm, I'm an expert in the content marketing realm. And so, you know, we don't want to, to lose people at all. Um, I, a good example or story that I think, um, can resonate with people is what we talk about with with companies when it comes to things like personality and voice is imagine meeting your company at a networking event or at a cocktail party yeah. right what would they what would they look like what would they be like what would they you know they say and put off and everything like that uh, because it really kind of I think puts the point home that all we're trying to do is generate relationships. And that's yeah. why we always say instead of B2B, it's H to H. Again, back to that idea of human to human. Um, you know, everything that you see from a business and you can think about the, you know, the big businesses, think about Apple versus Google. 
right? There's huge differences there. And you usually, uh, all the listeners, you know, have a, a strong feeling usually about which camp they're in. Are you a Google lover or an Apple lover? Yeah. Um, and it's because of their branding. It's because of the content they put out there in alignment with the branding. Um, and, and, you know, that goes back to that idea. Uh, you have to be consistent and you have to have that all pulled together within your content. So people understand who you are and, and get that, you know, that idea and, and build the relationship with them based on those connections. Mm-hmm. And from a brand perspective, um, it's certainly, this is a, a well-used phrase that brand is often what you, it's that reputation that precedes you. So it's what people would be saying about you when you're not in the room. Yep. Um, that's the part that if you get right, then a successful brand will be doing your marketing for you in a way. You know, you've got those brand advocates who on the ground will be saying, uh, you know, I've just, um, well, Apple. I mean, you go to an Apple store because you, the experience that you have there and people tell you what it's like and you go, I want to go there. I'm going to enjoy that clean white shop and people in little blue polo shirts and all that kind of stuff but no it is an experience and I think that's for me um, the part of a brand that when you get it right and you get those um, that tribe of followers that clan that raves about you um, that when you see it done right you go you know it's just a really fantastic thing to to see and I would think from a marketing perspective um, being able to work alongside a brand that's been engineered well gives you a buzz as well oh yeah I mean it's it's night and day if you think about the the downstream benefits it's huge and and you know there's data that we can pull of course around this but you know, when we work with clients and, and again, we're on the content marketing side of things. So we're really kind of top of funnel, if you will. Um, and we talk about with them, all those downstream benefits. And by that, I mean, you know, as people work through the buyer journey, um, they read a, a blog article, they download a white paper, they see a video, you know, they listen to a podcast of yours, what have you. Um, that's all normally t- top of funnel into middle of funnel idea. Um, but those leads, they need nurturing and, and they need, uh, you know, when they're talking to your sales team or, or yourself, if you're a, you know, a micro business, um, all of that branding, all of that content that happened before feeds into that. It feeds into that relationship building and it, and it does something and it creates that experience, as you said, mm. uh, and it really moves the needle on those, you know, those things that you really want, those conversions into clients and, and new customers. Um, and, and so many companies I think are, are missing just the true benefits of that just because it's, it's again, a little more, uh, you know, I'll say not theoretical in nature, but a, a kind of wider view than just, oh, we put out this ad, it brought in this many people and we got this many clients from it. Yes, that works and that's great. But the, the content side of things higher up in the funnel and all of those branding pieces that you do, Daniel, can scale so much more it's kind of that quick win just like oh yeah we turned you know 20 new clients great wonderful i love it 
but the ability to do that for 200 just because you created this experience and and you know this whole brand feeling and and positioning and everything like that is is amazing i think and and so many unfortunately so many small businesses are missing that i know and it to do it successfully as well you have to be consistent you can't be consistent if it hasn't been documented because otherwise you know your attention gets taken somewhere else or one week you write or produce a graphic one way and then you go on Fiverr and ask another designer to do an advert and and it's like well I kind of like this colour I'll go for this colour this time and consistency is really key when it comes to all of that yeah a couple uh uh, you know, ideas that I had around that was just number one, if you're bringing people in, uh, make it part of the onboarding, uh, you know, cause the pieces like your mission, your vision, et cetera, absolutely should. But, you know, related to the position of course, that they're coming into, um, you know, the fonts may not be necessary for a developer, for example, but share the brand guidelines with everyone during the onboarding so they really get to see who the brand is because there's so many you know elements to it that are important to really everyone working uh working in the company um so that's a i think one big thing and then one thing that we always talk about on the content marketing side is just review against your brand um this doesn't mean every single thing you have to read through the brand guidelines and put them you know left and right next to each content piece you're putting out there but um, know the brand guidelines in a way to be able to review against it, to say, yep, this is on, you know, our personality and voice. If we're putting out text-based content or video or what have you, yep, those, you know, those colors are correct, et cetera. Um, we actually even say, you know, align the tactical elements in your software. A lot of the softwares that, you know, people use these days, marketing wise, like Canva, for example, have brand kit elements in there, um, add them in, make sure they're in there. And we see companies who are just like, oh yeah, we're, you know, we've got our colors kind of right. Um, use the hex codes, like add them in there, uh, make sure everything's right there. So, uh, for anyone on the team, it's easy to be on brand. Exactly. And it doesn't have, again, it doesn't have to be complicated. You mentioned um, Canva as a, as a tool. That's a brilliant tool for creatively getting everybody on the same page working. And um, when it comes, comes to the brand assets and things that form the, ident- the visual identity of the brand, so I'm talking about things like your logo or you've just mentioned color palettes and fonts, just set up a Google Drive, you know? So have a shared folder where there is a master set of files that people can access that you know are the right versions, the right colors, um, you know, and, then, and that's not hard to do. There's there's various paid platforms that will do it um, at considerable expense, but you don't need that from day one. You know, you can do this quite easily and effectively, um, you know, with, with some really simple tools. Um, one of the key thing, one of the things that I wanted to, to kind of cover on the on the episode, Mark, was I asked you to sort of pick out three three things that you would recommend to business owners to help them when it comes to aligning content or aligning, yeah, I suppose aligning their content with their brand. What are the, and, and that's the question: it's, it's what are the top three things? Do you want to go through them in the list? format sure sure yeah we've touched on a a couple in a way already um i i think 
you know, think about the relationship that you're trying to build. So have the Brian guidelines review against them and develop the content strategy against them as well. Um, as you're pulling all that together, again, you know, we talked about personas and and all of that good stuff. Um, have those available on hand when you're developing the content strategy. And then as you're putting content out, review against those again uh, in a high level manner. You don't have to get, you know, super uh, detailed with it, um, as you were just saying, Daniel. But I think that's number one. It's yes. just kind of that bigger picture of have it put together, have it available and develop strategies around it. Okay. Um, so, so that's kind of number one. Um, number two, I would say is and too many businesses don't uh, develop stories. I think that would be a, another area. So we're talking about, again, brand, you know, developing experience, developing relationships, everything like that. Use stories to resonate. Um, so, you know, I'm thinking case studies, I'm thinking stories about employees, different things like that, uh, because Again, as humans, you know, stories resonate. That's why movies do, you know, so well. And, and we all, you know, connect with uh, fiction books and everything like that. It's because we're living our own human story and our own life story. And, you know, actually showcase stories about your business. Um, I think too many businesses, especially in the B2B world, are just service and product focused. We're just going to talk about this is what we do. There you go. These are our features. Um, and that's why I think they're not touching enough people and not getting enough awareness and attention and engagement mm. is because they're not using enough of that story driven content. So that would be a, yeah, I think that's a great shout out one, Mark. I think just to jump in there with a little brand comment, uh, we would often talk about brand being the, like the emotional side of things and the softer side of a business. So your business, business is selling it's, essentially transactions it can be cold face kind of not cold hearted but it's transactional but brand is where the emotional side can creep in and stories um are a really good way to do that um so i think that's a really good point to to have, have popped in there um let your imagination you know i think for stories tell me if you agree but the more real and um, in-depth, probably the right way to describe it. The more real you can be, the more honest you can be, the more impact they'll have. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's actually even shown, and I, I apologize because I, I always do, you know, to your point about evidence, um, I like data to show, you know, these these things are real. We're not just uh, yeah. saying this. Um, and um you know, it's been shown on the data side that it doesn't matter the intricacy or, you know, the uh, expert level content that needs to be pulled together. You know, let's say it's a, a blog post about cybersecurity and you're getting, you know, very detailed about uh, ransomware or something like that. Telling a story up front at the top of that post actually shows less bounces, you know, shows people reading through the whole thing, spending more time in the article, engaging with it, clicking CTAs more, et cetera. So it really showcases uh, how important stories can be. Absolutely. So a really good point on uh, on that one. Um, have you got one more? Yeah. And the, the last one I had was just, um, 
really in relation to imagery, as we talked about using video, and I know we brought this up, but uh, you know, with 90% of what people take in is, and is transmitted to the brain is actually visual. So making sure you use imagery across everything, but video is, is so important. Uh, and then another data point is 96% of people turn to videos to learn more about a product or a service. So if you're not using video, it's to me one of the best content uh, avenues to display your brand, get content across, and, and really, again, develop that, that experience and that relationship with people. Yeah, but video has really gone... Um on a real high note since, well, YouTube were the, were the first, but now with the likes of TikTok content, um, well, every platform, any social platform is um, is very video-orientated. People, and I'm guilty of it myself, sitting there, and what was a post written now is a five-second, ten-second video clip. And it's scary that that is my brain is now getting used to digesting videos of such short nature um you know in terms of like a timeline uh, it's just it kind of blows my my mind it's a little bit sad as well but <laughs> but there you go but video um yeah okay then well here's an Here's a question on the video content. I feel like I might be opening a can of worms here, but if, when it comes to content and video content, do you, what's the best way to, or if someone client is, is really struggling to get that video content on brand, how do you tell them to start that ball rolling? Is there a kind of set plan that you, say to them that you need to do this or does it kind of come back to brand um i mean it does come back to brand uh video is definitely a, a tough one um and and when you were asking the question all i could think about and this wasn't related to brand but was just how much people struggle with video uh just from a you know seeing themselves on video am i going to say the right things am i going to say oh man, uh, too many times and uh, a big thing we actually send out for video guidelines just because people struggle with it so much um it's you know we have the technology these days to do it easily to shoot it easily um there's so many different ways to do it and and realize that people connect again with human elements which means messing up a little bit and everything actually resonates more with people than being perfect yeah. um, so to remember that and you know we do uh definitely talk to them about being on brand and and uh it's it gets interesting because again you have the company but then you have the person as well who may have a you know a, their own personal brand if you will but it needs to align up under the umbrella of the company uh, so it's just something to think about but Normally, it works out pretty well that the the personality, the voice, and everything like that of the company aligns pretty well with uh, with each person uh, within the company and with each of their their videos. Um, so, at least for us, it hasn't been too tough to to make sure that alignment occurs. Absolutely, curveball question on the video side of things. Oh no! How do you feel about AI? video because I, <laughs> I've seen it out there and I've seen I can't remember the name of the platform you know the type of video AI where you can um, choose your character 
and yep. they're, they're good like they, they're not I'm not talking about you know out of I'm not so, talking about something that looks like a character from The Sims in 1990 <laughs> these are like pretty decent AI characters um, what do you think about them? so I mean I think this number one it ties into just your personality and and how you are with change and and how you feel about technology i've always been the type of person who i love the latest newest thing and i'm okay with with change and everything because i've seen a lot of pushback on well that's going to you know now there's ai art and everything like that that's Mm going to get rid of uh artists and photographers and videographers and everything like that it may and it probably will in the future um I, I don't think we're there yet. The, the AI video specifically that I've seen uh, is definitely not there yet. Um, we actually, uh, f- funny story, just uh, invested in AI art, which also supposedly includes images. So basically, instead of going and finding a stock image for a blog post, etc., we can just type in, you know, uh, man shaking hand, very excited about the latest business deal or whatever it may be. Yeah. And the uh, AI tool pushes out um, an image for you. And so obviously for efficiency's sake, you know, we, we went there. Um, unfortunately, the faces were all distorted. And so that was kind of the end of that. Uh, it looked a little uh, Halloween-ish or horror film-like. Yeah, uh, I, I know the exact um, like style that you're talking about. Yeah. I don't know why it does it. Like, why does it look like their faces are made of wax and melted? Like, Yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure you would think in this day and age, you know, with AI and everything that it can do, um, that they could get, you know, a human face right. But, I mean, I guess that speaks to the, you know, the personalized um, elements a, of each human. I would human. guess. I th- you know, I, yeah. My theory is, Mark, that it by some chance would look like somebody who would then... You know, throw up some kind of weird lawsuit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Think about it. If it was an actual realistic looking human, it'd be like, oh, it looks like John from around the corner. How how yeah. come he's on that advert? Yeah. Like, maybe that's why then. Yeah. I mean, overall, from a marketing perspective, um, I love new software, new tools, anything that makes us more efficient and effective and, uh, you know, easily or easier able to help out our clients. I'm totally into. Uh, I don't think we're there yet, but we will be. Yeah. It's, um, I've I've watched the, the kind of pieces coming out of the art side of AI and I, I quite like some of the really abstract stuff that they throw at the, uh, these um, algorithms and, you know, like dawn setting on um, apocalyptic scenarios with a church in the foreground. And then it, <laughs> like, I like it. I've quite, I don't know no beef about it, but from an efficiency point of view and a business point of view, I've, I've not had a client ask about that or want to explore it and i've not felt compelled from a brand perspective to go down that route um right i think like you've just said it's not there yeah or perhaps i've just not quite come across the right instance for it to be used but um, yeah i just thought i'd throw that one in i think it's quite an interesting topic and Mm -hmm. of the moment so i think we've i mean i think there's three really good little points there for businesses who are stuck with content where they should probably look and 
if I was to couple what you've just been saying there about um, content creation and saying to anyone listening, okay, well, there's the content point of view. How, how do I make sure I get it on brand? There's, I have like six key pillars or key focus points, if you like, that I would always say to anybody with a, with brand content or brand materials um, to have a think about. So the, I'm not going to go into them in, in a huge amount of detail, but I, I'll rattle off the list. So number one is awareness. So that's about whether or not your customers have, have heard of you um, and you can apply that through to content and through to marketing. Um, you know, if your business and your offer don't exist in the eyes of potential customers, you need to make sure that you are making them aware in the right way. Brand engagement, have you identified, we said this earlier, your audience avatar, engaging with them in the right way. That target audience and the brand side of things is really important. So number two, engagement. Um, number three, price. And that really is me saying with brand that you can dictate what you charge when you get that right. Um, you know, I hear so many times that I really want to charge more and this is what my competitor charges and I'm just doing what he does and that kind of stuff. Well, no, because he's different to you. You you have to have your own brand. And for me, number three, that price point um, is always a big, big part of what I want people to think about when it comes to, to creating the right brand. Um, number four, communication. So this is probably where you you would step in. This is getting the core message right um, and being able to put out that content and the strategy behind the communication and what sets you apart from competitors, things like values, benefits, all that stuff. So this is communication. Um, number five, consistency. And the biggest thing with consistency from a brand perspective um, that I believe is building a good reputation. And when you're consistent, that reputation is strong. It should precede you done in the right way. So delivering it in line with a promise to the customer um, across every touch point, then you're onto a winner. Um, so consistency is my fifth. And number six, which is definitely where I love to get kind of stuck in his personality and with brand personality lets us deliver that emotional impact this is where design can come in and that's my background so being able to help somebody visualize a brand through its identity through things like logos fonts the right color palettes so that it has the right emotional impact and so what i was saying earlier about um, the softer side and that transactional part of business, you know, brand and marketing soften that and they soften that laser focus to making, you know, what is that like black and white practice um, into this more, you know, the, the way that you sell a coffee shop emotionally is completely different to how you sell um, an online bank, you know, the, the, the way that they have to do it is completely different. And that for me is a really clever part of getting that personality across. And I guess the same 
is the you know, it's the same for this content that you've been talking about by the way that's my six there in case anyone else wonders what's coming next but for me that personality is where the content needs to to really come into its own um, do you agree with any of the, with all of those is there anything that you think yeah I want to push back on that or you thinking yeah, no, not, not too sure I'm sure it won't make for a good podcast but I agree with everything <laughs> <laughs> No, it's um, it's there's so many different channels. You know, it's it, different brand designers will probably work to different um, things, and I think you just have to go with what works for you and that you found success. You know, with the clients that you work with. Um, give us some details because I'm looking at my time. I'm coming up to the top of the hour, and what I, what I'm keen to do as well, Mark, is make sure that. You've had chance to say if anyone wants, have been listening and they think, you know, I'm I'm liking what Mark's saying and they want to get in touch. We already know uh, Dakota Ridge Marketing is the name of your business, but if they want to reach out and get a hold of you, how how can they do that? What's the best way? Yeah, so um, you can reach me at uh, Mark M A R K at DakotaRidgeMarketing.com if you want to use email, um, LinkedIn. Uh, I'm always available there. Um, we do normally upfront do you know a discovery call with you uh, to discuss your business. Uh, we can also do a uh, complimentary strategy call, so we look at your content strategy and just talk about that. So uh, a lot of different options. You can obviously go to our website and. And see those uh, those multiple options, and I know uh, some of the links will be in the the notes for this uh, for this podcast. So, yep, would love to to speak to anyone who either has any questions or uh, would like to learn more about our our programs. Absolutely, we'll put links in the show notes, and please reach out to Mark if you want to. Now, you're not getting away from an episode without me asking a question that I ask every guest. I ask people to pick a boldest brand for each episode. And when I say a boldest brand, I want to know a brand that just does it for you. You like it in real life. You've liked it for your entire life. You've just started liking it in the last week. I don't know. It's your choice, but I'd love for you to give me a boldest brand for this episode, Mark. Sure, sure. Um... So the one that comes to mind, uh, and I'll probably turn off half your listeners with this, is Google uh, on the Google versus Apple. Um, I kind of the the cleanliness and the uh, the box, the security level, et cetera, of Apple just doesn't work for me. Um, I love Google because of the colors, because of the sometimes the playful nature uh the the openness the features of uh what they do was really you know i remember back when their stock first came out and i said oh i should really invest in this company i really love their search engine uh and of course didn't um but uh you know love them from back then uh and loved the founder stories and everything like that uh but since then just uh just the branding overall um has been you know strong and has continued to uh to resonate uh with me so mm. good i like that i don't think we've had a google boldish brand okay um, definitely had an apple had tesla yeah i know the other big yep. names we've had 
but um, I can see, you know, I've got a kind of soft spot for Google. I feel like they're always been a brand that is not scared to just do stuff that is fun that might not work mm-hmm. sometimes. And there's, yep. but at the same time, through that process, they produce some fantastic products. And they're actually physical products, but they're also um, technical software products as well. And yeah. I kind of tip my hat because that's it. They've been the first and the best at doing that. Um, so yeah, I, I, I can definitely see why um, why Google would get your boldest yeah. brand on that one. So it actually the word that comes to mind is inviting. So I feel invited to use their, you know, their software, their features, everything, their Android, et cetera, um, where Apple feels very kind of, uh, which this is probably why it resonates with certain people, but it, it's like a, a club, right? It's a community. Uh, I think community is too open. It's, it's that kind of closed club of Apple users. Um, uh, again, I'll turn off most of the listeners here, but everyone walking around with their AirPods in their ears, and it, it feels just very closed where uh, Google feels just open and inviting to me. Interesting. Yeah, and it's funny because as a designer, um, my relationship with Apple started so early, I guess so young, because I was at school and we got some of the first ever Apple Macs. And so my experience of Apple was just one of um, professional um, grade tools to do the job. Because back in the day, being a designer or a typesetter, um, an Apple Mac was the computer you you used in order to, to, to have the right software. And that was just how I've grown up with the brand of Apple. It's just before it was fashionable. <laughs> It was a tool, you know, so it's cool. And it does speak to, again, just to branding and kind of shifting perceptions because I was the same way. So I had an Apple IIc when they, you know, first came out and everything. And back when I was a kid, and if anyone remembers that ad, that, you know, famous ad of, um, uh, I think it was a a woman running through a a meeting uh, and throwing the large hammer against the screen and kind of saying, Know, uh, down with with you know IBM and with all the kind of normal uh, companies tight you know tight companies out there where Apple kind of were this new trendy thing uh, I feel like they've shifted significantly from that I, in some way and so therefore again Google uh, has taken that that top spot for me love it I love it. Well, look, I think we've um, I think we've covered a lot of topics there, actually, Mark. And I think, looking at the time, I think we could do another hour. But in the interest of keeping it simple um, and keeping my episodes consistent, <laughs> um, I'm going to say thank you very much for coming on the show. Um, and maybe we'll record another one in the not-too-distant future. But thanks very much for coming on, Mark. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. No worries. So here we are, the end of another episode. Just like to say thank you very much for listening. Really does mean a lot. 
If you've enjoyed the show, please leave me a review. Love reading comments and feedback from listeners. If you've been listening and think that you would like to find out if your brand has all of the key ingredients to make it stand out from the crowd, don't forget to hit the links button in the player. Yes, this player that you're listening on, which will take you to my brand report. And that will give you a customized report score of your brand straight to your inbox. If you'd like to find out more about myself, visit my website, www.danielocock.com. Again, links are in the show notes. You can book a call with me if you'd like to discuss your next project. The show is available on all major platforms. So don't forget to hit subscribe if you'd like to be updated about future episodes. And remember, if you're not proud of your brand, then how do you expect anyone else to be?